Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. The Republican divide and to this point impasse in the election of a Speaker of the House goes on. Votes and more votes, and it's about more than the speakership. But you wouldn't know that if you consume all that corporate media covering this story, if you ever doubted that the news media in this country is absolutely controlled and driven by the corporate globalist and Marxist Dem Party, you are likely doubt-free now. To read, see, and hear the corporatist media, the establishment Marxist media tell it, this contest for the speakership looks to the Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel, as an affront to unity, that there should be a coronation rather than a competitive contest to be speaker, she says. And, of course, she faces an election herself to be chair of the RNC at the end of this month. Suddenly, she has competition for the post, Harmeet Dillon running against her to bring new ideas and hopefully success rather than failure to the RNC. And then there's good old Karl Rove, establishment Paul. He says the contest is an utter disaster. It's chaos, he says, even though it's been a civil and educational process, I think, so far. And yes, dull. Things that chaos never is. Dull and educational and civil. But the globalist establishment and rhino wing of the party is spitting mad. Their hair is afire over the rising number of Republicans who aren't following the script, who aren't following the orders of donors in K Street. God forbid they're actually thinking for themselves and representing their constituents instead of Wall Street, corporatists, and the party establishment. My goodness, we can't have that, can we? Well, Luckily, we have some great Americans right now saying, yes, we can. It's likely, very likely, that Kevin McCarthy will end up Speaker of the House. But the group of reformers, 20 of them, are standing fast trying to change the rules and take away a lot of the powers of the Speaker, no matter who wins the job. And that's a great outcome for the country and the voters who sent this Congress to Washington. We can still hope. And it's more than time for a change of atmosphere in Washington, don't you think? The stench of corruption is everywhere. And no wonder it's called the swamp when Congress and the Senate can pass a $1.7 trillion spending bill and no one has read it without an amendment, without having any idea of what its impact will be on our economy and society. And then there's the political corruption of the federal government itself, Yes, we can talk about that now. An executive bureaucracy that has been weaponized by the Marxist Dems against our citizens, answering to no one other than the Marxist Dems who run the Democrat Party and this puppet president. An FBI and Department of Justice that refuses to respond, to answer to congressional oversight that tramples the Constitution, violates the law and rights of citizens, 
principally Republican citizens, by the way. You've probably noticed that. And even one particular president. Our guest today is a businessman. He's a farmer, a Republican politician who's battled the swamp, the deep state, and yes, the Marxist Dems. He's also been their target through much of his distinguished career in Washington. Our guest today is the chief executive officer of the Trump Media and Technology Group, which of course includes Truth Social. And he served in Congress for 10 years as ranking Republican on two powerful committees, the House Intelligence Committee, where he also served as chairman, and the Ways and Means Committee. Devin, welcome to The Great America Show. Delighted to have you with us, and Happy New Year. Lou, it's always a pleasure to be with you, and Happy New Year to you, too. Let's begin with the Republican contest for Speaker of the House and the establishment media that's so upset for some reason, about a great story that's unfolding before our eyes. They're having conniptions over the Republican contest for speaker instead of what was supposed to be a coronation for Kevin McCarthy. Well, they also promote it too, right? So their their ratings continue to, to, to collapse as the media industrial complex continues to, for lack of a better term, Lou, it's balkanizing, right? So many people now are sure. tuning into. Lou Dobbs podcast, for example, right? And, you know, where before you had a couple cable networks and, and a couple talk radio uh, channels and, and, you know, kind of the big NBC, ABC, CBS, you know, that was 25 years ago. And then you really, then Fox News comes on. And then now with the advent of social media, with the Facebooks of the world, Instagrams, TikTok, Twitter, you know, it changed everything, everything there. And then I think after Trump came along, he kind of ripped the Band-Aid off and really exposed the fake news, working with these tech, tech giants. And now we're in a position where so many people are just, there's so many venues now uh, to, to receive your news and information. It's just continuing to spread. And I think the, you know, the fake news in Washington, D.C. doesn't, uh, I don't think they've, they understand that yet. And I think even some of my former colleagues don't quite understand that, to be honest with you, Lou. I mean, I just, you know, back in 17, you know, when they went after me with the Russia hoax nonsense, you know, when I was exposing their corruption, um, they just, you know, finally. And, by and the first to do just, so, if I may interrupt. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I've just got to say this for the audience's benefit. Uh, if you don't know. Uh, Devin Nunes was chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. He and his committee put together the answers to all the questions that we've been asking for the, the past. Well, President Trump's been persecuted politically by uh, by the Marxist Dibs for over six years in the deep state. He had the answers and did the most incredible work uh, in the face of the most uh, vile uh, 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 aggression on the part of the deep state against any one man or any one group of people, but particularly against Devin Nunes and his chief investigator, Cash Patel. Uh, you know, the country owes you a great debt, and I just wanted to be clear uh, what your role was then and the service that you were uh, providing the nation. Well, Lou, thank you. And, 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 and sadly, we're still in that same war. And I always, I always kind of sum this up, you know, very simply as in 17, you know, I learned this and I said, okay, you know, any of these vultures that are just, just running around DC in the swamp or in New York, 
that work for for the media industrial complex. If if you don't understand that these are operatives of the Democratic National Committee and all the big billionaires that support them, the socialist movement in this country, if you don't understand that, you have a long way to go. And I think that's really what we're what we're seeing in Washington right now. Uh, you know, with the with still with Republicans, and, and I think, and I say this on all sides. It's not just it's not just conservatives or moderates or or kind of the the more centrist of Republicans. It's it's all of them. Uh, my former colleagues uh, across all the spectrums, many of them still fall for this. They think, well, just because you know the New York Times calls them, you know, they need to give them an answer, not realizing that. You know, look, all you're doing essentially is the the Democratic Party pushed out their narrative. The New York Times picks up the big ones. They get all the big scoops. And if you participate with it, if you if you contribute to it, you effectively are helping to build their narrative and aid their narrative. And and it's it's very frustrating. I would I would stand up starting in 2017, Lou, and I still do it today when I talk to my my four, now former colleagues. I say, guys. Would you walk across the street, go meet with the Democratic National Committee's top lawyers, and be interviewed for an interview? And of course, they would say, well, no, of course not. So, well, you're doing it, right? When you walk out of this door right now, inside the Capitol, those people are taking orders directly from the Democrats. And they do it time and time and time and time again. So the, the media there acts as the intelligence arm for the Democratic Party. Social media. Uh, acts as the as the intelligence arm and propaganda arm for the Democratic Party, and if you don't understand that relationship, along with the big corporations in this country, the, the publicly traded companies, the big money management companies, and the bureaucracies, most I think concerning, including the Department of Justice and the FBI, if you don't understand those basics, that those that that's one team. And if you don't know that that's the socialist team and you haven't figured that out yet, and I think that's the problem that many of my former colleagues still have to this day, they still don't understand that. They still want to think, well, you know, maybe Trump had something to do with Russia. Maybe there was something there. There had to be something. So many people were talking about it. It must have been something. It's like, you morons. No, they made it up. They were the ones that had something to do with Russia, Ukraine, China. All of them, not just Biden, Lou. It's 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 many of them, and I think that's the frustrating part right now that I have. And you know, I left Congress because I could see what Facebook and Twitter and everything were doing to to create true social, you know, working right alongside of Rumble, to essentially open the internet back up and have a totally separate way for people to have the American people to have their voice, uh, because nowadays it wasn't just enough. And I'll kind of just you know, just kind of sum it up with this, Lou. You know, after the 2016 election, they realized that that Trump won because largely because of Facebook and not not because of Russian influence or Russian ads or all that nonsense that you've heard. It was because Trump just used the platform and he would go out and hold these rallies in northern Wisconsin. Fifteen thousand people would show up to the rally and one hundred and fifty thousand people would be watching it live. And he did this over and over and over again for you know, the better part of, I don't know, six, seven months leading up to the 16 election. After right. the 16 election, that's when Obama and company put their thumb on the scales. And then that's why in 2020, 
Zuckerberg throws in 400 and something million dollars that's never been accounted for that went to the swing states. So, you know, that's, I think that's kind of the state of affairs right now. And, and I just think if you don't, if you're a Republican today, here, you know, here we stand in 2023 and you don't understand the basic concept of, of the radical left, big media, big government, DOJ, big tech, that they're all on the same team. You're just you're living in in la la land, and big academia, as well. And, I would right. I would I would put in that group as well. You know, yeah. you know that's a wonderful way to begin the conversation. I have to say, because as the CEO of True Social, I want to say first of all, you've created a great great pro uh, product and service. Uh, it does uh, stand uh, for the brand, the trade style, truth. Uh, it is uh, it is a terrific uh, social media platform, and you've delivered exactly what uh, you and Donald Trump said that you would uh, deliver. And uh, it's a competitive and, and, and crazy world out there right now. Uh, Musk correctly said of Twitter, <laughs> now that he spent uh, what was it, forty four billion dollars uh, for the mm -hmm. for the platform. He says Twitter is basically a crime scene. Uh, and, we, and we know that had a lot to do, in point of fact, with the election of 2020. We know it had a lot to do with the suppression of important news and facts about the Biden crime family. We know that Twitter, uh, and, and I, have to give, I have to give Elon Musk credit, uh, he is absolutely... Uh, turning over every rock, throwing the dirty laundry out in front of the public and being as transparent, I, more transparent than I ever imagined uh, he would be. Uh, and of course, part of that is I never dreamed, even though I thought that it was a, a corrupt, uh, politically corrupt uh, platform, I never dreamed the extent to which it was cooperating and following the direct orders of the FBI and the Department of Justice. Did you? You know what? I, I think, and this is going to sound, um, you know, this may sound a little bit contrarian, Lou, but. Hey, this I is a little we, piece of America. Know, I, was of the, I was one of the first ones to be shadow banned, right? So I was one yep. of the first ones to be shadow banned I by remember. these companies back in 17 and 18. So I knew it was really bad. I didn't know it was this bad. But what, and look, President Trump and myself have been very supportive of Elon Musk. So, I mean, the goal of our company, we have an altruistic goal here, right? I mean, we want to open the internet back up, give people their voice back. We don't want people, we don't censor people for their political views. You can be pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. You can talk a, about a rigged election or not a rigged election. Um, you know, and we've, we've set the standard, right? Working with Rumble, we've been standing there in the breach, giving people a home to go to. And, you know, when Elon Musk bought this, you know, we, we thought he was paying too much for it. I think he realized he paid way too much for it because there's just so many bots and, and all the problems he's encountering now. And, you know, look, we want him to release all the documents. We're all for it. Okay. And I think what he's releasing, and this is where I'm a little bit of a contrarian on this, is I think almost nothing. I think there's so much more there. Ah. And, you know where, and you know where it's worse? It's got to be so much worse at Facebook and Instagram. Oh, yes. it's just it just you can only imagine how bad it is there. And, 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 you know, this is the problem is that, you know, Twitter, as Elon Musk found out, it's not not 
your average American's just not on Twitter. It's a, it's a, it's a great news and information site when it's not being censored, right? I mean, it, it's, it's been around for a long time. It's global. It's a great place to put your press releases on if you're a Hollywood star, sports athlete, or whatever. But it doesn't have like Instagram and Facebook, which are literally, you know, more than half the country, right? I think Elon Musk and, said that Twitter had like 16 million Americans or something like that in court. Um, you know, Facebook, and, without question, and Instagram has a hundred and some million people. They're massive. And, and if you're and a Republican you or conservative, it, good luck. Good luck getting yeah. your information through on there. I think it's horrible. And I think you're exactly right. And and I think it's important to remind everybody that Facebook and Instagram are two uh, two social media platforms owned by the same fellow. The uh, I would call him civically uh, involved, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who is the guy who wrote the check for that four hundred plus million dollars. Uh, that is a violation of the federal election law. But there has been no prosecution. I wonder why, because it was all to the advantage of the Marxist Dems. Uh, with with Musk, you think that there is much more within Twitter itself to reveal? I, I do, and I, I think you're you're right to point out that that you know Zuckerberg just didn't give four hundred and some million dollars, right? He had to have been cajoled to do that. And if you go back to the 2016 election, right after the election, you have Obama. And Zuckerberg, and I pointed this out at the time. You probably don't remember. I was I came on your TV show that, yep, during that you know, kind of time frame, and then I, I pointed out that you know I don't, can't remember when this was in seventeen eighteen time frame, and said, you know where the term fake news came from? Because you know everybody blamed Trump for fake news. Everybody said that oh it was Trump. Trump Trump was mean to the media. He started calling <laughs> them fake news, and he shouldn't have done that. He was so mean to him. Well, Lou, when you go back and you actually go through and look of prominent people who talked about fake news, Obama and Zuckerberg in November and December of 2016, the fake news likes to ignore this. They're the ones who said it was fake news that allowed Donald Trump to win. And they coined the term fake news. And what Donald Trump said is, wait a second, I'm not fake news. You guys are fake news. And then it stuck onto them. And so... Look, I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg here. I don't know how much more of the Twitter files are to come out. There's got to be a lot there. But I just hope that Congress can not only subpoena and get all these Twitter records and investigate it, but, I mean, they've got to, they've really got to look at the the relationship with with Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I, I would agree with you. I don't know what the odds of that happening over the course of the next two years with this administration uh, which insist on leaving our southern border wide open, uh, insist on uh, providing more money to Ukraine uh, than all of Europe has spent uh, in combination, uh, vastly more uh, than the European Union, vastly more than the NATO countries. Uh, it's obscene what this administration, in my judgment at least, is is doing, and doing without even a debate, a discussion in Congress, uh, it's it's remarkable, and to think that they would and, invest and no it. coverage in lieu, and a cover up by the by the media absolutely and these and these tech companies right if if somebody writes a story that says hey there's you know this major problem at the border or you know should we be giving Ukraine uh, this much money and I think that's a great debate to have I mean you know Putin is is no ally or no friend of the United States never has been he's a big problem on the world stage 
But there is a legitimate question, well, should we be spending a hundred and some billion dollars to like go fight this guy, you know, through through proxies? It's a legitimate debate. And yet if you even say that's a legitimate debate, and you know, and look, I, I was the reason I knew that the Russia hoax was a hoax is because back in, in you know, twelve and thirteen and fourteen and fifteen and sixteen, I was like the lone voice out there saying, Hey, uh, Obama, Biden, you guys aren't doing anything to Putin. He just like you know ran through us in Libya, Syria. He goes into Crimea with little green men. We've got the largest military and intelligence apparatus in the world. I think we might have a problem here. And I said it for year after year after year. So you can imagine, and after the election in '16, they said, "Oh, Putin elected Trump." Like Putin elected Trump. Why would he do that? He loves you guys. You guys are you guys are. He would never do that because it, it flies in the face of of just of just yeah. normal, you know autocratic dictatorship, why would he want to get rid of Biden and Obama? He owned them. And now we know from the files that are being covered up by social media and the fake news, he literally owned Hunter Biden and the Bidens. That Without covered question. Up, you know, and, still, and still being covered up today. They still don't give a damn about what Hunter Biden has done or not done. And I and look, and I'm all for. I think we know everything that that he's done. I, I a lot of my Republican colleagues want to investigate him, and it's fine. He needs to be investigated. But, but look, DOJ already has all the information. They could easily prosecute him. You know, just like you know, just like with you know, John Durham has all the has all the information, but clearly he's not able to bring the cases that need to be need to be brought. I mean, now you can see with the Twitter files that have come out that that there's plenty of information there for for Durham to be able to prosecute, you know, you know, people within the FBI, which has, I think, been the problem. My guess is they're not allowing Durham to do it. But, you know, that's why I think Congress has got to get, Republicans in Congress with their small majority have got to get serious against, you want to get to election integrity and election fraud? Go after the guy that spent over $400 million and has been suppressing information, shadow banning Americans, subpoena the hell out of him. That's what I would be doing. And I'd kind of, you know, I'd focus on that. I'd focus on their relationship with the Department of Justice and the FBI. And I think you're going to find a lot more than what you, even what you see with, with the Twitter files. Well, as they say, a lot to unpack in what you've just said. Let me start with Little Green Men. Uh, Devin is referring to the special forces of, uh, of Russia in Crimea at the time and Eastern Ukraine. Uh, and, and it wasn't Donald Trump who signed over Crimea to Vladimir Putin. It was Barack <laughs> right, Obama right. and his vice president, of course, uh, now President Biden, who is also, uh, as he pumps billions of dollars into Western Ukraine and Kiev, uh, he is permitting uh, Russia uh, to continue to destroy the nation. It, it is the most bizarre uh, foreign policy uh, geopolitical, geomilitary policy I've ever uh, uh, seen. And everyone sort of puts to side, and I should say everyone in the Marxist left media, corporate owned, all of them, uh, and oligarch owned, I might add, uh, they they simply don't want to acknowledge that Biden and uh, and his, uh, his invisible secretary of state, and we wish he were invisible, Jake Sullivan is head of national security, were absolutely derelict in not stopping Putin in the months leading up to uh, the war that began now almost a year ago. 
Uh, and he could yeah. have stopped it. And that is the great, it, that, that is the great, well, it's one of the great tragedies. And, it, and, and Lou, it started, it started all through the Obama Biden administration. It started, I mean, it started all out with the, with the reset with, with Hillary Clinton, with all right. the games that they played in Ukraine. I mean, and now, you know, and then you fast forward, you know, Putin can, and I, and I think there's something wrong with Putin, you know, just, you know, personally, he doesn't look the same. He doesn't act the same. He seemed, you know, he, you know, typically, you know, I think he really overestimated um, his you know, military's, uh, you know, ability to fight. Um, you know, and I feel bad for the, the Ukrainian people. I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time in that region and, and look, what we want to make sure that doesn't happen is we damn sure don't want, you know, Putin just, you know, pulling an old Soviet Union, you know, night after World War II and just, you know, going to Eastern Europe and, and, and put, you know, hundreds of millions of people into, into poverty and into, into a, a socialist dictatorship. We don't want that to happen again. But at the same time, uh, you're, you're exactly right. These guys have, have created the opportunity for Putin to do this, and now he's done something stupid. And I think, and, and look, it's easy for us to throw and me being on the outside now, but, you know, I spent a lot of years doing this, and it seems to me like the priority in 2023 ought to be, ought to be on getting these people to the table and say enough is enough on both sides. And I think the, the wrong message is sent by flying a Ukrainian flag in the House of Representatives when, the, when, when Zelensky was giving his speech. I just think that's the wrong message. It's, it's stupid. You know, for, for years and every single president going back to, to Bill Clinton, I believe, when, uh, when that first uh, you know, came out, I think that was the first time we ever saw, uh, we saw Clinton working with Putin. We saw Bush working with Putin. We saw Obama working with Putin. Every, everybody's wanted to work with Putin, including Trump said he wanted to work with Putin. Now, when Trump said he wanted, wanted to work with Putin, it was a big problem, right? Yes. Um, yes you know, suddenly that was the wrong, that was the wrong policy. Um, I, you know, and now we, we ought to be actually working on getting these guys back together again, uh, you know, and bringing them to the table. Nothing's going to get solved by, you know, this current situation with giving hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine and promoting this and promoting this war. It's absolutely insanity. I mean, here you have for 20 some years, they were trying to get along with Putin. Now all of a sudden it's like, no, we're just gonna let Zelensky fight a proxy war. Like, you know, and, and look, Lou, I say this as somebody who was the one of the lone guys warning about Putin. Okay, well, back, in know, the, back in the 2011 timeframe. And, and, and truthfully, the Republican Party, and with you as the front of the spear, was fighting Obama's foreign policy at the time, in which he was basically acceding to every ambition that Putin put before his foreign policy team. And it's a good point here, too, to point out that the A-team for this this administration now uh, Tony Blinken, uh, Jake Sullivan, uh, and the group. These were all the B and C level people in the Obama uh, administration, and projecting it to the present from Obama's uh, years, we've got a third term of the Obama administration. In effect, in effect, uh, exceeding again uh, in a strange, bizarre, perverted way to Putin's ambitions, which could have been forestalled 
by the by any even the most uh, to me average mediocre national security team and national security minds uh, in the in, in the fall of 2020. Uh, it, it's just and, uh, and one other thing to push that say. Lou. Yeah, one other point that, uh, that y- you know you call it the second and third string. Really, what it is, it's actually an old style Soviet Union uh, apparatchik style how everybody moves up. Mm-hmm. If you if you actually go back and look, the people that were responsible for the Russia hoax during the Obama Biden administration all received promotions within this Biden administration. They moved up. These people shouldn't be anywhere near intelligence or military or anything else for the for the crimes that they've committed. And yet they're at the top echelons of the Department of Justice, the FBI, our intelligence agencies. It's really scary stuff. And and none of these people have paid a price. And I think that's why I mean, look, it's why I left Congress was to go and give people their voice back so we could expose a lot of this, because I realized that all the stuff that I exposed, you still had over half of America who thought that Trump and Republicans, um, you know, were in bed with Putin, which was ridiculous. This is a good place for me to acknowledge that the first time I heard shadow banning uh, was... Was from Devin Nunes uh, on television, I, and I have to say I had no idea in the world what you were talking about when you said shadow banning. Uh, but uh, believe me, in the years since, I've learned very, uh, very clearly what uh, shadow banning <laughs> is, and I'm, and I still suspect I'm uh, being shadow banned a bit uh, on Twitter. Well, you're not, you're not being shadow banned on True Social. That I can I, tell you, and I appreciate that. And, we're, and that. we're happy to have you. We we don't even have the ability to shadow that, you know, because we don't use an algorithm in our feed. And that's where these guys, that's what these guys started to do. So it used to be, you know, back in the the beginning of Facebook, you you make a post at noon. And if, you know, Lou follows up with a post at 1230 and you go to your feed, you're going to see my post and then you're going to see Lou's post. Well, what these guys figured out over time, oh, well, this one person, he likes to check Lou's posts quite often. So let's make sure we, even if Lou posted this morning, let's make sure the person sees three or four of Lou's posts immediately. And so at first, I think they were trying to be helpful to the user. Right. But in the long run, what they realize is, wait a second here, we don't like what Lou Dobbs says. So let's make sure that no one ever sees Lou's posts. I mean, that's what they did. And these so-called <laughs> they, nodes, they turned it on its head, and and turned and and turned uh, the audience upside down, uh, very effectively, I might add. Uh, it, it, and to this point, uh, Adam Schiff's office. It turns out, speaking of the Twitter files, uh, I, I I I have to tell you, Devin, I'm a, a little <laughs> reticent to be talking about Twitter with the CEO of True Social, but here we go. Uh, Adam Schiff's office, your good friend, Adam Schiff, as they say, requesting Twitter to suspend accounts. In point of fact, the way I read it, uh, demanding that uh, accounts be suspended. This just goes on and on. And as you say, I have to agree with your view. There's, there's, it's almost impossible to imagine there isn't even more and even greater volumes and import. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. The, the fact that Schiff believed that he had enough power 
and actually I just give them to have the, to have the, just the audacity to do something so crazy to say, yeah, we don't like what this guy is saying. Go ahead and let's call up and let's, let's threaten these social media companies. In this case, we have the evidence of Twitter, but if you don't think it happened on the others, you're, you're crazy too. I mean, it absolutely, they were doing it. And, and it can't just be Adam Schiff. They felt totally comfortable. I mean, look, just kind of going back to what we talked about, Lou, just the timeline here. It's really important. You know, 16 comes around. Trump uses Facebook to win. Then in 17 and 18, the Democrats spend all their time using the Russia hoax to make up lies, engaging the DOJ and the FBI to put pressure on, oh, this could be Russian disinformation. This could be Russian disinformation. Fast forward, take out 400 some million from Zuckerberg because, you know, he cost the Democrats the last election and they're promising probably not to investigate him. So he gives them forks over $400 million. At the same time, they censor, they get all of these companies in October of 2020 to censor the Hunter Biden laptop from Hell Story. And then lo and behold, they were, as they were kicking off hundreds of thousands, if not over, well over, a, I think maybe as much as a couple million or more Americans that were booted from all the platforms, mm-hmm. they kick off the president of the United States, a sitting president of the United States. So, you know, just all of that happens, Lou. So don't think, why would they not think that they could just call up Twitter or Facebook and say, get rid of this guy? They were doing it. They were, they were doing, doing it. it. We know they were doing it. And, and Schiff had the audacity to do it. And look, had I done that, right, or had a, you know, you name a Republican or even the Trump administration, you know, somebody, if they would have said, hey, we think this, you know, this Lou Dobbs guy, he should be taken down or, or let's reverse it and let's say, you know, some MSNBC host, that would have leaked immediately. There would have been, a, if I would have done that, I guarantee you it would have leaked immediately and they would have had an invest, they've been calling for an investigation, ethics investigation of me and possibly a DOJ investigation on whether or not I'm harming people's civil rights and rights to First Amendment. And they would have leaked that. And look, and, and the reason I know this, Lou, is I sued these guys. I sued, I sued Twitter, right? And, and sadly, I wasn't able to get through because, you know, they were able to go to court and say, oh, we don't shadow Dan. And the judge said, oh, well, what evidence do you have? And of course, you know, I had some stories and things of that nature. But now, of course, today, I mean, I don't know. It depends on what court you get and what judge you get, because then we have right. a problem there too. But uh, I mean, look, with the, the case that I brought a few years ago, clearly with what Elon Musk has brought out, I mean, we, we know there was shadow banning, and yet, and yet, you know, I would have been, you know, had I done something like that, you know, they would have just come after me or any any other Republican. So it's, so it's it's just a there's just a there's just a two uh, tiered system in this country. Uh, for everything from the Justice Department uh, to politics to the media, and if you're if you're a conservative or a Republican, you know, good luck. It's 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 tough sledding out there, and you know that's why I'm doing what I'm doing today, trying to get people their voice back to fight back. Well, and and again, one more point here, uh, Adam Schiff, uh, his predecessor on the Intel Committee. Uh, had to watch as he lied uh, throughout. We find out now not only was he lying to the American people uh, uh, throughout about Russia uh, collusion uh, and driving the investigation that he knew, had to know, was originated by Hillary Clinton 
uh, and her campaign and the DNC. Uh, and it was a construct of their law firm. Uh, it, it's just, it's extraordinary. The, the just outright corruption and indifference and uh, conscienceless uh, acts that have been taken by the Democrat Party, the Marxist Dems, as we call them on this show. It, it, I, what did you think when you found out that they had been spying on you, your chief investigator, and you don't find out about it? You may have suspected it, I would guess, but you don't find out yeah. for five years the fact. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, yeah important. Yeah, so for, for your audience to understand, we just, this just happened before Christmas. Um, you know, my staff was notified that there was a grand jury subpoena to go after their records. And so, matter of fact, it was, it was not only just Cash Patel, but it was other, other people on my staff. You know, these were my lawyers. So effectively what they did, they did reverse targeting, a way to reverse spy, target my lawyers to see what I know, how I was figuring it out. And this was, this was, this was at the height of 2017 when we're subpoenaing the Department of Justice and the FBI and they turn around, you know, for, and we're the oversight committee. We're conducting an investigation into corruption at, at, on them, and they turn around and investigate me and my staff. I mean, you, you just can't, you, you know, it's, 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 this is another thing that the Congress has got to investigate, um, you know, and, and I know it's, it's old, but it's important, especially, you know, if they got away with it with me in 2017, why would they not just go subpoena all of Jim Jordan's staff? I mean, they, nothing happened to them. You know, they don't care. So I think they would, I think they would do it. And just kind of a, a, a funny, you, you bring up Adam Schiff and there's so many, you, you almost, it, it's scary, Lou, and I, and I know it's horrible, but sometimes you almost have to laugh about some of this. And one of my, one of the stories I was thinking about with this, with this guy is, you know, he went around accusing everybody of being Russian agents from Trump to me, to my to you know other republicans you know it didn't matter if you if you said hey this russia thing doesn't look right they immediately call you a, a stooge of putin right right well he was the only guy we knew that was getting information from russians and how do we know because we had a, vo a a phone call that he had with people he thought you know he knew they were russians they were pranksters if you remember he was trying to get the nude the nude pictures of Trump. So here you have a guy talking to Russians, trying to get nude pictures, compromising pictures of the sitting president of the United States, who he's investigating for what? Oh, for working with Russians to defeat Hillary Clinton. And then you yourself, there was no evidence of that, but you yourself, not only do you try to get compromising information on Trump from Russians, you try to get nude photos, no less. I mean, it's really sick stuff. And and, and you know today it's 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 same time it's it's so scary Lou, but you, you also just have to almost laugh at the stupidity of you know you sit back you kind of got to be a happy warrior here and say you know like you know all you fake news people all you tech tyrants all you Marxist Dems as you say in the Congress you know all you freaks at the Department of Justice and the FBI screw you you're fools ultimately the truth will come out without question but how's how long it takes is of course uh, the existential issue uh to think that we're now in the seventh year of the political persecution of donald trump 
by the radical Dems and the deep state and the only wrongdoing that has been revealed throughout two impeachments, now two special counsels, over three years of FBI investigations of this president, uh, of this former president, uh, has been wrongdoing on the part of four directors of the FBI, uh, the Justice Department, uh, and uh, and others, including the DNC, uh, Michael Sussman, the attorney for uh, Perkins Coy, and, uh, uh, and the list goes on. And it's tolerated. It, there's no reaction. There's no response. It's as if the body politic in this country, not and there are lots of reasons for it, but as if the body politic has been so desensitized to an unthinkable outrage, it would have been utterly unthinkable 10 years ago, wouldn't it? That's that's exactly right. I think you're exactly right. None, none, ten, yeah, 10 years ago, this would have been it would have been hard for even the fake news at that time to to ignore this just hypocrisy and, and corruption. But I think, you know, it, it just happened. It happened during the, I think when we look back and history's written, we talked a little bit about it uh, a, a bit ago. And that was that that Obama developed a old style Soviet Union system where all these people were brought up through the system. They infiltrated, and we always knew, you, you know, you mentioned like higher education and all of that. They, they had done that years ago. Right. But what they had not been able to do was infiltrate the military or intelligence agencies, the Department of Justice, the FBI. And I think that's what they've, they, they successfully did that. All those people have been promoted and nothing's ever happened to them. And I think they're still, look, this is, there's still probably a lot worse to come. Sadly, I hate to say that, but it's it's probably going to get worse before it gets any better. Well, I'm afraid you're right. And, and talking about the Stalinist uh, uh, Soviet-style promotion of a, of a static uh, institution, uh, your opinion about Kevin McCarthy, the, 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 the battle for the speakership, and what the Republicans are doing, uh, I, I have to say, I, first again, as you were talking earlier, it's with in the midst of all of this very serious uh, and sometimes tragic uh, these developments in our our politics, our government, our society. Yeah, there, there's an old saying that once you once you cross the penumbra of the absurd, all you can do is laugh. And we are <laughs> in a land of absurdity yeah. right now that none none of us, as we've agreed. Uh, could have could have conjured up, uh, but we're the Republican Party. We have the the people who should be crying out for the public's right to know. Are and I'm talking about the anchors and reporters on cable television and the newscasts uh, of the, the the broadcast networks, uh, the the print people, the the web people. They're always they're all saying the Republicans. It's terrible. They're <laughs> they're putting all of this out in public, this this seeking of power <laughs> yeah. and creating, uh, you know, just as as if it were. They're, they're absolutely hysterical about it. When these are the guys who should be saying, "Yay, we get to watch democracy at work! Yay, we get to see the deals that are being made!" It's not in the darkness of night, the way Biden ships illegal immigrants all around the nation. It's right in in front of us. And they and they are criticizing the Republicans for having the temerity to have a spirited public public contest for the third most powerful job 
in the United States government. I, it's, it's stunning. You can, again, it's just incredible to think this is the uh, magnificent fourth estate. Yeah, Lou, I think what it what there's kind of twofold here. One is that that I think that Kevin McCarthy, who I've known for many years, you know, he's worked, you know, he's worked hard, did a good job raising money, recruiting candidates, had a good election year in 2020. And, you know, obviously didn't get, a, a, you know, as many people across the line as everyone hoped for. But, you know, I think Kevin McCarthy is paying a price for the real lack of leadership that we saw at the RNC and the and in the Senate and with McConnell. And I think, you know, that last budget deal that, that went through, and I think you have a lot of the conservatives who are kind of taking it out on out on Kevin McCarthy when, you know, largely if you, you know, if you want, and I, look, I was, I did this for 20 years, Lou, you know, if I want, I never wanted those, those positions because it's, you know, there, it's a lot of babysitting, you know, you got to travel all over the country. You, you, you know, you're always dealing with, you know, all sorts of, of problems, you know, it's fine. I mean, somebody has got to do it Pers- from personal problems to helping people in their campaigns to, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to run the Congress. So, you know, it's, it's a tough job. And, and I just think, you know, if you want to be speaker and if you want to be in, in Republican leadership, look, you, you got to start now. Like if you want to be speaker in you know, two years from now, then you need to go out and you need to go recruit candidates. You have to go raise money and do all that. And I think that's the, so I think McCarthy's paying a price for kind of the bad leadership at other levels. And I think the, the guys who are all my friends, by the way, mm-hmm. who, who don't want McCarthy and, and is look, if you don't want McCarthy or Scalise or whoever, then you have to go out and you've got to start campaigning today and win over the Republicans in the, you know, in the House of Representatives, in the conference. And I think that's the issue, because if you, at the end of the day, it's a team, it's a team sport. Like when you run as a Republican, you caucus as a Republican. And once you get out of that vote, you know, and, and in this case, you know, uh, McCarthy got all but 30 in that initial uh, vote in November, um, you know, then you, you kind of got to go to the floor to unite. Uh, and and what I'm worried about right now is I, I agree with you. I have no problem for all the the, the, the closed down capital and all the se- secret nonsense that's gone over the last few years. It's a little bit refreshing to see people fighting this out in public and making their cases. But at the same time, um, as you know from this interview that we've done, um, we've got to get on to we got we, there's a lot to be investigated, and and we can't get you know held up with you know, with, with leadership races, it's gotta be, let's, let's focus. We need Jim Jordan to go to work and, and, and Jim's, you know, he's got a lot to do. He's got a lot of subpoenas to issue. I think they're going to need special commissions that are set up They're You know, they're talking about a China task force um, with subpoena power. And I think they're going to need to do one on the DOJ and the FBI. And what I understand they're, they're preparing to do that. And, and that's what I want to see as a, now as a guy from the outside looking in, um, who's been there? Um, the biggest problem we have is is our Department of Justice. I mean, you yeah. have no country if you don't have a Department of Justice. That's 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 not that's that's plain politics. The American people have to be the foundation of what the Republican Party is. That's what your your boss, uh, President Trump, brought to the American people in 2016. He restored faith in our government. 
uh, and its commitment to the forgotten man and woman, working men and women, our middle class, uh, and putting America first and making America great. All of that is the only, these are the tattered remnants of his administration in that conference right now. And there is no Republican agenda. There is no Republican capacity to carry out effectively uh, an investigation of the Biden administration. I wish it were otherwise, but if they investigate further, I, I think they're going to be blocked at every turn by a Justice Department that's as Marxist as anything you'll find in the CCP or in in Russia. Your well, thoughts? The, the one thing that they the one thing they have the ability to do, Lou, is, through the investigation process, and I look. I think they're a lot better than they used to be, right? Largely because of the investigation that, that I ran with my team. With you know, A lot of those people are still there that worked with me. I think we know, my former colleagues know, just how bad and corrupt these guys are. That they didn't even believe, you know, you know four years ago, three years ago, two years ago. And it just keeps getting worse. So I know, because I talk to, uh, to them all the time, I think there's a lot of them who are ready to go and actually run these investigations and will do and will, I think, will surprise you. And look, I'll be the first one to throw Kevin McCarthy under the bus if he's not allowing Jim Jordan to subpoena the Department of Justice. Or if, if, if he does put this, McCarthy's talked about putting together this kind of commission to investigate the DOJ and FBI and work with Jim Jordan. I think that's a phenomenal idea. And look, if if, as you know, it was really tough for, for us to run our investigation, for me to be able to subpoena people. I had to fight for every subpoena. It, it was BS. You know, I know you have a family-friendly show. I was going to say something else, but but it, it's it family, was BS, but I had to I was just going to say what family, I had to go through. Families, families are, 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 are actually great Americans, and, uh, and they understand the pressures of, uh, of, of language from time to time. Uh, they forgive me, so I, I know they'll forgive you. Uh, well, I, 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 I was just— Go ahead. Well, in the, in the final, yeah, the final point on this is, is that that would be, in my estimation, a reason to, if there's, if there's a holdup in these investigations, which is the, the, really the only power— after after McConnell uh, caved on the spending side, there's really nothing left other than these investigations, and they've got to move quickly. And you know, time time is time is wasting. And I, I would just put this out for for McCarthy uh, that you know probably doesn't get talked about a lot because I'm sure the fake news I I ignores it. But uh, but I was there on the phone call in 2016 when. We, this was so. This was in October of sixteen. You know, remember mm -hmm. the the well, I can't remember what fiasco it was, but it was. I think it was the the Bush, the Billy Bush tape right, that came out. It was. Um, you know, a recording of Donald Trump, and I was on that call. Uh, McCarthy would have been the number two at that time. The Ryan was the number one, and McCarthy was the only one in leadership who said, uh, "Guys, we are not going to abandon." our nominee, you know, four weeks before the election or whatever it was, three weeks or four weeks. Yeah. We are not going to do that. So I think McCarthy doesn't get credit for, uh, you know, probably his best quality is, is, is he is a, he understands, you know, politics. He understands, you know, the sense of, of, you know, being, you know, how to win elections and needing to win elections. And, and, you know, he at least not only had the balls at the time, 
um, but also stood up to the rest of our leadership who were trying to cut and run on Trump as a candidate back in 16. And I say that because I was on the call, you know, and it was with, you know, our, our full conference. No, nobody's perfect, right? And it's a tough look. I have lots of lots of things I did throughout my political career that that weren't perfect. And and look, I'll tell you another thing. You're, I think you're exactly right on this January 6th stuff. And I look, I was there, uh, you know, throughout 2021 when this right. in watching the Democrats do this ridiculous investigation on Jan 6. And and I would say that I think you've seen now over time, uh, McCarthy and the leadership have figured out that that you know what's happened here is not okay and so when i talk about the doj and the fbi need, needing to be investigated that falls within there right so like for example and this was something i asked when i was in congress and i still ask today i just want to know who the hell ray epps is that's it just just tell me who is he and you know now we have very little information that, that's that's come out so far and I want to know why these why are these January 6 prisoners being treated differently? Some people who weren't even in, they didn't even walk into the Capitol, have been in, put in jail. I want to know why that is. I want to know, you know, Ray Epps, who you know obviously he was telling people to go into the Capitol. I saw it was the night before and the day of. He was on the FBI's most wanted list for like a nanosecond. And he is living in freedom in Arizona, last, last I heard. These are the answers that we are owed questions to. And th- these are the things that, that McCarthy and the leadership, I think, owe the American people to get to the bottom of those, of those questions. Yeah. Where was the Republican Party? Where has it been? By the way, I, I asked the same question, just so this is not a, with me a, a partisan issue. But those 800-plus individuals who are are political prisoners of the Marxist left. And that Marxist left is operating vigorously in our judiciary. It's operating aggressively in our Department of Justice and FBI. All things we need, we need answers to. And, um, and look, that's what the Republican Congress has got to get to. They have the subpoena power. Now they got to move. Well, I want to say thank you for all of your time here today. Uh, Devin, it's been great talking with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And there'll be more to talk about here, I'm sure, in the, in the, coming, the coming weeks and months. I think it's safe to say it appears so. Devin Nunes, CEO of the Trump Media and Technology Group, Great American. Thank you for being with us, everybody. You can follow me, by the way, on Truth Social and Twitter at Lou Dobbs. That's at Lou Dobbs on Truth Social and Twitter. Guests coming up include attorney Kevin Evans on his battle to have the Department of Justice reveal 400 pages of documents that to this point are secret on the Biden's payoffs and gifts. Cash Patel on the revelations of the Nunes memo and the Department of Justice spying on him and the Intel Committee. Also, will be joined by Congressman James Comer to be the new chair of the Oversight Committee. Thanks again. God bless you, and may God bless America. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.